19 Nocturne Boulevard. Nocturne Boulevard? Not far. When you hit Howard, hang a right. Howard meets Philip at a weird kind of angle. Then you cross James and Paul. You can't miss Nocturne. It's just past the automatic. 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Your address for suspenseful stories of the speculative, strange, and supernatural. Tonight's story is Housewarming. Yes, this is 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Won't you step inside? Did you have any trouble finding it? What do you mean, what kind of a place is it? Why, it's a Hollywood film producer's office in the classic era of the 1940s. Can't you tell? The bad news is, it's really very good. Wonderful! That's the bad news? Yep, because we can't use it. What? But, but Mr. Weber, you said that it was... Practically brilliant. I'll even read your next one. And I don't say that often. Ever. But, Miss Cross, you should know that writing remakes is a complete waste of time. There's all sorts of issues. We don't want to get sued. But the house on the peak was made... Twenty-odd years ago. It's still dicey. Whoever owns it could sue us. After that fiasco at Champion Pictures last year, we're taking no chances. We're not Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, you know. If... What if I could make an arrangement with the owner? Would you still be interested? Well, I said it was good, but I never actually said I was interested. Come back when you got a signature. Watch it. We Piggottsville girls are tough. Now I just have to get up the nerve. Nerve? You? I can't imagine. I hear someone talking. Enough nerve to go and talk to Victor Malachar. Okay, Fee. Let's see what you've got. Scene. Heroine walks up to big, spooky house. She's nervous, almost trembling. Wait, no, scratch that. She is resolved, plucky. Much better. Or not. Come on, Fee. You can do this. Plucky heroine, for goodness sake. Pluck up. What a scene. Artfully disheveled garden. Overgrown and dried out garden, huge mansion in exactly the proper state of dilapidation. I should be taking notes. <clears throat> Mr. Malacard, I am such a big fan of... No, I'm sure he hears that all the time. Mr. Malacard, I have a proposition for... 
Oh, Pooh. Mr. Malacard, how wonderful to finally meet... May I help you? I bet you get a lot of these rolls. Huh? Sorry, nothing. I would like to speak to Mr. Malacard. No. What? Aren't you supposed to say something like, I'm afraid Mr. Malacard isn't himself today. And give me a chance to argue with you? Huh? Very well, then. I'm not leaving. I'll just sit here until the spiderwebs grow up over me and I become part of the set. Or at least until I get up the nerve to walk back to town. <sighs> well, it's kind of nice here anyway. Peaceful. Can I help you? What? Oh! Mr. Mal... Wait. You can't be... I'm confused. <laughs> I look just like him, don't I? I'm Victor Malacard the Lesser. Call me Vic. Fiona Cross. I'm so pleased. I'm a writer, you see, and... So sorry. Father doesn't give interviews. Oh, no. I'm a screenwriter. I wrote a wonderful script. And he doesn't act anymore, either. Does he let people finish their sentences? <laughs> All right. Just point to me when it's my cue. I wrote a new version of The House on the Peak, your father's masterpiece, and I would very much like to get it produced because I spent a lot of time on it, and I know he would be flattered if he could only read it because, well, the original was brilliant, but most people do like sound nowadays, and this would bring his work back for more people to see, and if I could just get his permission, I have a studio which is very interested. My turn? Then, all right. All right, then what? Let me read it. I'll see if it's all you say it is. But your father... Is old and very ill. And one reason I cannot let anyone into the house. I have all the authority necessary. I assume you brought your script? Oh, yes. Really, I'm a much better writer than I must sound like from the way I talk. I just get really... Come back in a couple of days. Saturday. Oh, no. I've heard that one before. It's not so late. I'll wait while you read it. Besides, I need to borrow your phone to call a cab. I'm afraid you're doomed to disappointment on many levels, Miss Cross. I refuse to read on demand, and you cannot come in. But it's miles to the nearest... You better start walking. I'll see you on Saturday. I am not going to... What is that? Lunch. You're not going to what? You brought... If there's one thing that Hollywood taught me, it's come prepared for a siege. You're lucky I didn't have time to make pastrami and onion sandwiches, though they work a whole lot better in an office. Work better? Nothing like the chance you might stink up someone's office to motivate them to give you five minutes. <laughs> Want some? What? Oh, no. I I've eaten... Hospital food, I bet. All bland and toothless. It's always like that when someone in the house is sick. No, no. If there's one thing Mason makes certain of, it's that the food is good. That your butler? Or is he some kind of nurse? Some kind of... Oh, uh, something. So, did you read it yet? Well, there's hardly been time. Then why waste it talking to me? It's not something I get to do very often. Talking. To someone. <laughs> 
read the script, and I promise I'll come back and talk up a storm. Well, speaking of storms, it looks like rain. If you need to walk back to town, you'd best get started. I'm a farm girl. We're built tough. And reasonably waterproof. Do you know what time it is? Judging from the position of the stars, what little I can see of them, my watch says about nine. I read it. And? It's brilliant. Really? Here's your release. My lawyer can validate it in the morning. Oh, I could kiss you. Uh, Miss Cross. Fiona, you know, you really do look like your father. You're lucky. He was really something back in the day. It's those eyes. Yes, I... He... Uh, what? Well, who the devil? My cab. I arranged for it to pick me up at nine. Seed or not, I'm not sleeping on anyone's doorstep but my own. Thanks again. And if you're ever in town... Of course. Not. So, they loved it. Did you write yourself a part? What? Oh, come on. Don't tell me you only aspire to be the pen and not the face. I just enjoy writing. I'm in complete control of the world. Everyone in my story has to listen to me and do what I say. But acting is where the fame is. Who wants fame? Are we getting close? Should be next. So, you're in it for the money. No. I guess... I'm in it to, to see it happen. Are you explaining, or should I order another drink? I want to see the things from my imagination up there on the screen. I want to create something that people will remember. And you don't want to be famous or rich? You're nuts. Rich would be okay, but famous just means you never get away. That must be why Mr. Malachard lives out in the country, to get away from the craziness. Craziness? In Hollywood? <laughs> Perish the thought. So, can I have your part? <laughs> there aren't really any good female roles in The House on the Peak. Well, I sound hopelessly undereducated if I admit I've never actually seen this fabulous item. You never... Where did you grow up? A cave? I mean, even in Piggottsville, it showed for three whole nights. And then each year near Halloween, I think the theater proprietress must have had a thing for Malachard. Spare me the down-home gossip and tell me about this masterpiece. Well, it's sort of modeled on the story by Edgar Allan Poe. Did you have to get permission from him, too? Shush. He's been dead for, I don't know, a century? Besides, it's not really the same idea, just the tone. See, there's this guy who goes home after his father's death to see his twin brother who he hasn't seen in years. Which one was your mysterious actor? Oh, Victor Malachard played both brothers. It was groundbreaking at the time, using cutaways and doubles. Is this important? <laughs> I guess not. But the brother who'd been away was a man of the world, very caught up in business. And the one who stayed was a strange, lonely man who talked to himself. In a silent film, no less. Malachard was a genius. They've got their eye on this new fellow. He was in that film, Laura. Stick to the point. So it turns out the house is alive and must have a family member in residence or it will die. 
but the one who stayed would live forever, barring falling out of a window, which is what had happened to their father. Ooh, foul play. You got it. Turns out one of the sons had killed dear old dad to take his place as the head of the family and live forever. Was it the creepy one? Number 34. I'll tell you who done it, but only if you beat me. I heard you coming. Oh, and here I thought old Igor, your butler, was a warlock or something. Mason is a lot of things, but... Uh... What's that? More scripts? No, silly. It's a picnic. A what? Picnic. Food to eat outside so as not to bother those inside whom shall not be named. But you... I promised I would talk of a storm, didn't I? If Hollywood taught me one thing, it's to keep my promises. Well... <laughs> Very well, then. Sir? Don't worry. I'll stay where you can see me. Very good, sir. Wow, he sure keeps you on a short leash. So true. Well, this looks good. And see, there's a window right there where your keeper can peep out and make sure nothing improper happens. <sighs> I do understand... My grandma raised me. She was from the old country. Very wild Irish. And hospitals would never, never do. So when she took ill at the end, I had to look after her and the farm. Just the two of us, right up till she passed. So, being tired of the sticks, you came right out to Hollywood, no training wheels or anything. Oh, I figure I'll go back someday. Not to the farm, but to the country. Being down here, well, down there, is tough. There are so many people everywhere. Better than being lonely. You can be lonely in a crowd just as easy as on a farm, and it's much noisier. The crowd, I mean. More material for your writing. I don't agree. I figure growing up pretty much alone is why I have such a good imagination. Keeping myself occupied, making up folks to talk to. And you enjoyed my father's film so much, you decided to put words to it. I... I didn't so much write them as sort of translate what he had already said. And very well, too. Before this goes any further, I have to say something. I... We... Uh, uh huh, of course, we Since the studio um, is picking up the cost of lunch, we have to talk business. I hope you don't mind. Oh, of course. Uh, mmm. <laughs> that smells good. No pastrami and onions. <laughs> no. See, the studio wants to know if we can add a girl, a romance, to the story. Seems everything just has to have a love interest these days. A what? And a happy ending. They don't want... No. Under no circumstances. They're not going to ruin my... my father's vision with sentimental claptrap. Really? Sentimental claptrap is all the rage nowadays. Good. That's what I thought. But they won't listen to me. Business open. But you... Oh, don't get me wrong. I like romance just as much as the next girl. But it would weaken the drama. Oh. Try a taste of this. Yes. Um. Mmm. Mmm. That's, that's delicious. Mmm. The drama, you say. Uh, have you been writing for very long? This is my first script that I've completed anyway. I've got lots of ideas, and this one just sort of made me finish it. It's a bit of an obsession, I guess. You should write more. It's very good. Maybe romance next time. Maybe. 
I guess it's easier to write what you know, though. Really? No romance on the horizon? No beau back home on the farm? No, no one. I've never, not really anyway. Oh, your butler is watching us. Blast! I can't even... Look at him. Uh, mm. This has been very pleasant, Miss Cross, but I must go. a habit of scaring off men? Well, there was this boy back at Jefferson Order Junior up. High. No, I'm teasing. I've never had much of a chance to try. Guess I'm just natural. And he was circling in for the kill, ready to land a knockout when the ref appeared and he threw in the towel. You don't usually think of grown men as needing a chaperone. Maybe he's old-fashioned and is trying to look out for your reputation or something. Old-fashioned, I would buy. He's got this courtly way about him, just like his father, at least the way he was on the screen. This sort of graceful way of moving that expresses so much. And what was he expressing just before the bell rang to call the match? Well, he wasn't afraid. That I can say for sure. You found your way back. The picnic was to thank you. Now, I'm buttering you up in case I want to remake another one of your father's films. So what's in the bag this time? Dare I guess? No, silly. It's a surprise. I figure, not leaving the house much, you don't get to have a lot of fun. Mm. My father... Exactly. So, I figured I'd bring some fun to you. Fun? I remembered you had a swimming pool. Pool? But... There's no water. And swimsuits don't clink. Then what? Well, can we go look at the pool? Uh, yes? I hope you don't mind my coming up here like this. I'm just so exuberant. Or is that the right word? Well, you sound exuberant to me. Aha, the pool. Oh, good, it's nice and clean. Mason sees to the grounds as well as the house. So, here. Well, I'm intrigued. What do you have there? Keep in mind, I'm kind of unsophisticated here. Another girl might have brought champagne or something. I hope this isn't too disappointing. I can't even tell what those are. I see metal and wheels and... Silly, it's roller skates. Roller skates. You had a chance to romance a bigwig, and you took him roller skates? The pool was perfect. I couldn't resist. And the two of you rolled around the bottom of the pool like children? More or less. Well, mostly me. He was a bit too dignified to give it a fair shake. But you didn't roll around like grown-ups? What? Nothing. Hello? Maybe he didn't see me coming for once? 
Hello? How tragic. A perfectly good cab ride wasted. Maybe his father's not doing well. Oh, gosh. Miss? Sorry. I guess I kind of expected Vic to be around somewhere. He usually is. He's busy. Inside. Would you like to come in? Oh, Vic said that it's... It's no problem, really. Sure. Thanks a lot. I can always go, you know. I don't want to be a bother. No bother. You're quite welcome here. It'll be interesting to see inside. Fiona? Is that you? What's going on? Mason? Fiona? Just looking for you. Mason said you might be inside. Inside? Victor? Get out of here, Fiona. Just go. We'll be talking about this, Mason. Victor... I don't want you going in and... Catching anything. Understand? All right. Um, sorry? Goodbye. Mason! Thank you for coming in, Miss Cross. We have a bit of a problem. You couldn't get that actor, Price? More serious than that. Mr. Malacard. What happened? Is Vic's dad okay? Sorry, I met the son. He rang up yesterday and said, well, said you've been pestering him. Pestering? Yes. He said he'll pull the permission for the film if you bother him again. But I... He never said... Just lay off. At least until the film is finished. Once it's in distribution, you can pester him all you want. Oh... what he said, apparently. They couldn't even tell me to my face. <laughs> um, there, there. Waiter, bring another one. A double. No, I, I really shouldn't. I guess I deserve it. He didn't say I could come back, but the picnic was nice. Everything was nice. He was nice. Real nice. I thought... They all seem nice. Say, you didn't let him have his wicked way with you, did you? What? No! I mean, he almost kissed me at the picnic, but the butler was watching. That's it, then. The butler did it. Probably threatened to quit or something. Good help is a lot harder to find in this town than pretty girls. Most servants are just actors waiting to be discovered. They're just not very good, or they'd be able to act like servants. <laughs> That's better. What you need is a night at a dance hall. Meet some nice guys, wear yourself out, then you can sleep. I promise, all you'll be worrying about in the morning is your bunions. This way, miss. But is Vic hurt? 
Did his father... What could he... What could he want me here for? Through here. The master will be right in, miss. You could at least turn on a light! Wishmaster, maybe I'll finally... Just through here, sir. Getting me up in the middle of the night for... I think this will help your mood, sir. Fiona? Oh, Vic, I shouldn't have come. I'm so sorry. Please don't. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Mason called me. Now he said... Mason! What is it? We must get you out of here. I don't understand, Vic. Plastic Fiona, help me! No, I want to know what's going on. Is this one of those things Hollywood taught you? You take a bad situation and you make it worse? <laughs> no! Oh, here. I wasn't going to, to not help. I'm just confused. It's no use. They're sealed. They are glass. There must be a chair or something. It's never that easy. Trust me. This way. Come on. Locked. Maybe down here. Don't you know your own house? Don't slow down. Victor, wait! No, I will not let him get you. I will not let it. Victor, breathe, Victor. I'm so sorry, Fiona. I don't understand why it brought you here. It? Oh! Um, I guess everyone agreed the story needed a bit of romance. What? Your house. It's just like the film. Or close to it, isn't it? How could you think... How could you know? I told you I have a good imagination. But you... And you're the one and only Victor Malacard. You're mad. I'd have to be... Almost 60. I looked it up. And you don't look a day over 35. Coincidentally, the eggs you worried when you went into seclusion. You look like him, move like him, even the way your lips move when you talk... Not even father and son can be that much alike. It's... it's the house. And Mason? Mason's not a person. Just part of it. The house. He speaks for it. And watches over you. He keeps me prisoner, you mean. And now, you too. Fiona, I am so dreadfully... Shh! Mason? I want to talk to you. What... Ever you are. Yes, miss. You let her go, you wretch! Shh. Victor, it'll be fine. No! Yes. If there's one thing I learned in Hollywood, it's there's always room for negotiation. Mason! Over here, Bobby. Oh, I was expecting... Sorry, I'm Andy. Bobby retired. <laughs> it's so hard to keep track. Well then, Andy, do you have my packages? Yep. Packages from Woolworths and Mays, a big bundle of magazines, and here's one from the studio. A film canister. Gee, do you have your own theater? That's way out there, man. I mean, ma'am. <laughs> Just leave everything on the porch. The butler will see that it all gets inside in one piece. And here's my latest screenplay. Hardly a fair trade, but an easier trip, eh? Get it to George. No, wait. I mean Harold, don't I? Harold Mills is in production these days, right? Um, 
So, you're Fiona Cross Malacard? The one who wrote Trapped by Love? That was a groovy flick, even if it is kind of ancient. Well, thank you, Andy. <laughs> I guess. But you don't look... I mean, you're really much... Oh, criminy. I, I mean to say... You're trying not to say I must be older than I look? Uh-huh. I'll take the compliment. I put it down to clean a country air, good healthy food... Fiona, is that the deliveries? ...and a wonderful husband. Having servants don't hurt neither, eh? No. No, it don't. Now that you know how to find us, don't be a stranger. We have enough of those already. Tonight's story, Housewarming, was written by Julie Hoverson and got an honorable mention in the 2007 National Audio Theatre Festival scriptwriting contest. In tonight's production, Fiona Cross was Ellen Vickery, the one and only Victor Malacard was Cole Hornaday, George Weber was Jerry Bennett, Margie, Fiona's best friend, was Christina Ewan, Mason was Frankenvox, and Andy was Michael Fagenbloom. Additional voices provided by Julie Hoverson and Rhea Lutton. Also heard, Renaud LaBeouf. The episode music was composed by Gabriel Garcia, whose music can be found at his website, gagamusic.eu, that's G-A-G-A-M-U-S-I-C dot E-U, or at jabmendo.com. The 19 Nocturne Boulevard theme song was provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Sound effects were found on soundsnap.com, sonomic.com, and eljudo.com. Sound and mastering was done by Julie Hoverson. This was recorded at Neohudu Studios with the assistance of Ryan Hurst. All persons, places, and events in this story were fictitious or used in a fictitious manner and are not meant to reflect any persons, places, or things living dead or undead. Questions? Comments? We would love to hear from you. Contact us at 19nocturne, that's 19nocturne, at live.com, or check out our website at www.19nocturneboulevard.com, or .net. This presentation is copyright 2009 to Julie Hoverson and Reality Productions.